Welcome to My Ed Expert, specializing in what's possible in education. By merging research, practice, and passion, we provide insights from top educational thought leaders for right now implementation. Now, here's your host, author Susie Pepper Rollins. So glad you joined us today. Today, we're going to be talking about infusing a little bit of adventure into the learning experience, throwing a little caution to the wind. And I have the perfect guest for that conversation. Her name is Monica Genta. Monica is a full-time middle school teacher and an educational consultant and a speaker and a motivator. And here's my favorite part, a game show freak. We're going to talk about her approach to teaching, and she has two books, which are available on her website, which is monicagenta.com. Her two books are Game Changers and 180 Days of Awesome, Celebrating Every Day of Education. Hey, Monica, how are you? Hey, girl. Good morning. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So first thing I want to know is tell us a little bit about your journey into education, how you got here, and where you get so much passion for your work. Okay. Um, for me, like when choosing a career, even at a young age, there was just no other logical choice. I, I was the kid who always loved school, even during the awkward years. You know, you talk to, you talk to your friends as adults and it's like, oh my gosh, middle school was awesome, like awful. And, and I said, no, it was awesome. That's where, that's where I was thriving. I, I just loved it. And so, um, when reflecting on, okay, so where, where to go from here, middle school education was, was an obvious choice for me because I loved learning. I loved people and I love learning about people. And there is not a greater group of people to learn from than awkward adolescent middle school kids. And so I just knew that that was going to match my personality um, and was going to kind of be this mutually beneficial opportunity to build relationships with people. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of where I've been in terms of a classroom. But that has has gotten a lot deeper over the past couple of years. And that passion has expanded to helping teachers, helping schools, helping districts kind of transform education from average to awesome. Because I really, really, really believe that anybody who walks into a school totally deserves to love that experience. So uh, it's kind of all come full circle here in the past couple of years. Well, I'm, I'm loving, you know, I'm a middle school person, so I love that. Now, I always joke that I taught eighth grade for so long, I was two weeks away from sagging my pants. You know, I just <laughs> spent so, so much time with eighth graders, you know, like yeah. I'm, a grown, well, I'm a grown woman, but I always say my bad. You know what I mean? I don't oh, even yeah. use my college vocabulary. So, okay. So one of the things I want to talk about, I love the titles of both your books and one of them is called 180 Days of Awesome. And you know, your teacher, I've been a teacher forever. It, there's just so much on our shoulders. I mean, we've got meetings, we've got this, we've got to plan our lessons. It, it can, it's tiring. People who don't do it just don't realize how tiring it is all day. We're on our feet. We've got so much going on. How do we keep awesome in education and, and keep feeling that passion with so much on our shoulders? Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is one of these occupations where unless you're in it, it is really hard to understand. Um, and so I guess for me, it became, um, this, this dire situation where I was 
about ready to just completely leave the profession. And that was shocking to people because when I'm in my classroom, I'm in it to win it. I love it. I loving spending time with the kids. But you kind of nailed it when you said it's all the extra stuff that comes with it. And so I made a personal pledge to myself that I was going to take that next school year and not let all those extra things kind of get in my way in celebrating education. So I started a journaling process and it ended up turning into a book, which is 180 Days of Awesome. But the whole point to that, and I think the thing that educators can do to make sure that we're keeping the positivity in education is we have to actively make the choice to find it every single day because it's there. It's totally there. And there's there's sometimes really big problems and really bad, scary situations that get in the way. And that's that is an unfortunate reality of life. But the cool thing about it is every single day there are awesome little things happening And those little nuggets of awesome have the ability to add up to create one huge, awesome school year. And when teachers are actively making the choice to reflect on that, I think it changes the perspective on on what education is. And it gives you an opportunity to celebrate with your colleagues and celebrate with students and celebrate with your community, letting them know like awesome things are happening in our buildings. Come celebrate education with us. So a lot of it's mindset and I'm looking Absolutely. at, you know, what is it that something that's when I'm driving in. I'm just trying to get that mindset right, you know. Um, so I know looking at some of your work, you are a believer or correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you're a believer in whimsy, some adventure. And I looked at some of the things from Game Changers. And so you mm-hmm. got to tell me what in the world is a quack attack? Okay, girl, you hit it on the, you hit it on the nose when you said whimsy and adventure, because I think everything has the opportunity to be fun, right? Like, I think sometimes as adults, as teachers, we, we try to make everything so serious. And, and I think, you know, we got to take our profession seriously, but when it's time to learn, we can have serious fun and, and, and learn some serious stuff at the same time. So this concept of a quack attack kind of all started evolving with the classic principle of like a bell ringer activity, right? Your students come in, it's time to review maybe content that you learned the day before or preview content that you're learning that day. And it kind of becomes this really rote, monotonous task of students answering questions, review, and it's like, right, we can do better than that as teachers. We can do better and we can create something more engaging and more exciting for kids. So a quack attack is actually just my remix of a bell ringer and a quack. It's an acronym for questions you, and I got a little like, you know, middle school jargon on me because it's, it's with a you, uh, answer carefully kids. And so a A quack attack is basically when all students get their bell ringer correct on the first try, we have this enormous celebration and I've got a duck whistle and we start clapping. It's very, uh, if you've ever seen the movie, The Mighty Ducks, it's very Mighty Ducks-esque and it's just this absolute celebration of learning. 
You know, I, I love that. And you know, we learn the most in the opening minutes. And you and I co-wrote an yeah. article about those opening minutes. And it, exactly. and that's there. That, I got to start class off in a way to get every, because just think about the opposite. If I did some kind of a drab thing, students are like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? But the opening, right? it is such a long day for them because they're going to leave science and now go to English and now go to social studies. Mm-hmm. It's so long. Okay. So I looked in your website. I took a little peek last night. I've been to your website several yeah. times. I really like it. And thank you. Okay, so I saw something about, and this kind of spoke to me about how you look at lesson planning a little differently. Uh So I saw something that said predator versus prey. Mm -hmm. It was a lab with beans and forks. So I just, even if we don't teach science, I want to kind of hear how you transform these lessons into experiences. Can you share a little bit on that one? Yeah, for sure. So by trade, I, I teach five classes of science a day. Um, I like to look at that as I have the opportunity to teach five adventures and learning per day. And so for me, this concept of predator versus prey is something where, I mean, we can talk about animal interactions and, and you know, I can show them little YouTube video clips and that's all great. That's all relevant. But when it comes time for kids to truly see this and experience this in their lives, I want it to come to life. And, uh, you know, with with budget situations, I don't I don't have a lot of money to create these like huge classroom transformations where kids feel like they're walking into the jungle. But what I can do is go to the Dollar Tree, get some tape, get some dried beans and get some plastic silverware and totally create a relevant learning experience. So with this Predator Prey Lab, basically what I did was I taped off an enormous box in the middle of my classroom. I moved out all the chairs and all the desks. I dropped hundreds of dried beans into the middle of this box and those represented prey and the kids transformed into being birds and each of them got a beak, which was either a spoon, a knife or a fork. And that represented the diversity of species within that particular biome. So I had kids crawling on the ground, searching for beans, and they had to pick them up and, and quote, fly to their nest, which was a styrofoam cup, and drop their beans into the cup. I mean, it was chaos, and it was frenzy, and it was so fun. But most importantly, it was this enormous learning experience that came to life where kids could understand predator and prey relationships in a really cool hands-on way. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. And I know that you love game shows, yes. uh, and, you know, because you're 107 years old, you know, so <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. <laughs> I love game shows too. So uh, I know that you use some of the one, the standbys, family food. Can, tell us about gaming kind of thing, what, what experiences and why you like that so much. Yeah, I think I'm probably a little too young to like game shows as much as I do, but but that's all right. Um, so it, this all kind of stemmed from um, one of my bucket list items in life was I wanted to be on a game show. And so um, about five or six years ago, I flew out to Los Angeles and actually got tickets to Let's Make a Deal, the game show with Wayne Brady. And um, totally became a contestant on that game show and won won a small chunk of money and got to rap live on TV with Wayne Brady. It was this epic experience. And so it is also not at all what you would predict, like what you see on TV. And it looks it looks so random and it's it's completely uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but a lot of it's kind of staged. Um, 
And so I like to tell kids this, this story to show them about experiences. It's not always what you think it's going to be. Like, it's not always what you see on TV. And let me tell you about it. So that's kind of the platform on the game show stuff. And then I use the concepts of different game shows to teach lessons about either science or about life. So, for example, just yesterday um, in my enrichment class, we played Let's Make a Deal. And I had um, I had a bag of gum and I had a mystery can. And inside the mystery can was a note card with a prize written on it. And so I'm offering the kids deals. I'm saying, you guys all get two pieces of gum or you can take the mystery and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll take the mystery can. We'll take the mystery can. And I'm like, no, let's see. I'm going to add, I'm going to add to this deal. I will give you all gum and I will give you old man candy, which is it. That's a whole nother story, but it's this, it's a big deal. It's, it's candy that the kids want. And so they still wanted the mystery can. And so I finally gave them multiple pieces of gum, multiple pieces of old man candy and to top it off a pencil top eraser. And they finally switched. They said, oh, this is too good to be true. Forget the can. And so they got all these rewards. But before I revealed what was actually in the can, what they could have won, we had this incredibly dynamic conversation on why they switched. Why in life would you would you go for something that's guaranteed or would you go for something that's more of a gamble? Would you take a chance on life? And it was incredibly interesting to just learn about like the child psychology of why they were making these decisions and and they had to make the decision as a class so they're using teamwork and and we had uh, one person kind of take the leadership role of being the moderator on like I'd like to hear your opinion I'd like to hear your opinion and it was this crazy concept that Kids are coming together, problem solving, asking questions, using teamwork, um, just analyzing situations all over some candy and a mystery note card. Uh, but it was it was fascinating. And so within my enrichment class right now, the key to it is using social and emotional learning skills as well as some executive functioning skills and like the world pretty much blew up in my classroom yesterday because so many of those concepts were just spilling out. Um, and P.S., uh, by the way, inside the can, they uh, could have won a classroom party, but they missed that opportunity. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm loving that. But one of the things I'm hearing, too, is this sense of community that they're building oh, yeah. and also opportunities for leadership, these soft skills of working in teams, all these great things that are going to help them in the future. And that kind of gives a segue to my next question, which is about, you know, we've, we've learned so much about the brain now, about mm-hmm. how kids learn. And the brain responds to novelty. We also know the memory is enhanced when they use these multisensory approaches. Now, one thing I saw that you do is a strategy that I think is so innovative, yeah. um, and it's called the pitch pipes. So could you tell, uh, tell all of our listeners, what in the world's a pitch pipe about? Okay. So um, as middle school kids, uh, they are always on top of like the hottest trends. And there's, you know, a series of movies called Pitch Perfect, where these acapella groups come in together and they, in order to get ready for their competition, they'll use a pitch pipe. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I want to start an acapella club at my school. This is going to be amazing. So I ordered a pitch pipe off of Amazon and it was a total flop. 
Nobody wanted to join an acapella club. Nobody was interested in doing this. So I was left with this pitch pipe. And one day, I noticed that my kids were just really, really disengaged. It was after a long weekend and they were just struggling to participate. It was clear that they had watched way too much Netflix and slept uh, not enough hours. So thinking on the fly, I got out a pitch pipe and I started blowing into the pitch pipe. And basically it's this little device that will throw out like um, a D minor or a G major. I, I don't know much about music, but it throws out different pitches of, of high and low frequencies. So I grabbed the pitch pipe and I blew into it and I, I, I had them hear this sound and I just got a bunch of blank stares. It was really awkward. Like you could hear crickets afterwards. And I thought, okay, well, this is not working. Continue thinking on the fly. And so I said, you know what? We're going to start answering questions. And um, anyone who wants to participate can. And all you have to do is match pitch the answer with whichever pitch I choose. And so there were a couple kids who were so caught off guard by the, I guess, innovation of this idea. They're like, oh, I'll play. So I started saying, okay, match pitch. And I would ask them a question and they would respond in the pitch that I had just demonstrated. And I don't know if it'll pick up. I, I was hoping this would come up because I brought a pitch pipe. So you want to try to do an example? Um, okay. Okay. So tell me what I'm supposed to do when you do the pitch pipe. Uh, what am I to do? Okay. So I will say like, I will ask you a question and then you just have to match the, the sound that you hear. So I'd be like, um, I would ask a kid, Hey, what was your favorite part of the weekend? And I would go, I'm ready. and they would say, I'm ready. I'm pumped. Okay. All right. Okay. So what is your favorite part of being in education? And I'm going to throw out a G3. Relationships with my kids. Yes. Okay. That's, you nailed it. That's exactly how it works. And so I, uh, on my pitch pipe, there's six different pitch options and the, the kids were totally responding to it. Just how, just how you just did like, oh yeah, I totally want to do this. I'm ready for it. It was this instantaneous like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm here to play. Let's do this. And so it's kind of become a staple item on those days when it's raining or it's been a long weekend or the kids are just out of it. Like, all right, it's time for the pitch pipe. Bringing out the big guns. We're bringing yeah. out the pitch pipe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So these fabulous strategies you do, you do professional development around the country. Right. Do people just go to monicagenta.com to find you, right? Yep. Yep. Everything That's is on there. Place. Okay. Do you have Twitter as well or where, where else oh, can people reach oh, you? Oh, yeah, girl. I got the social media. So um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, I know it's not the hot thing right now, but I love me some Facebook. So Facebook is where I do a majority of my social media. But um, links to all of those are on my website, monicagenta.com. Okay. And if you're driving and, and you don't have a pencil or whatever, you can always go to myadexpert.com, type in Monica Genta, and you'll get all of her links there. So you love game shows and Facebook. I'm getting, I'm getting the trend here. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a little curveball to you, but I think, I mean, I'm hearing pieces of it. Uh, you know, I'm all about the active classroom and the question comes up very frequently. How do I manage all this? How do yeah. I, how do I, yeah, and, and it's scary by the end of the day, too. We're getting tired. They're getting tired. What are a couple of tips you have? Do you start off the year with this kind of whimsy and adventure? Or do you sort of get protocols in place, too? Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, that's that's the important thing um, about trying all this stuff. Like if you if you haven't created a climate and culture with your kids on a super strong relational level, the things that I'm describing are going to just seem like mass chaos or the kids are not going to respond or there's just going to be this level of disrespect and noise that is not what you were predicting. And so for me, the beginning of this school year is just so important in building those ridiculously strong relationships with kids and letting them in on on my life as well. I think a lot of times teachers are a little hesitant to let kids get to know them as people, but like you're a human being. Turns out teachers are people too. Like we go grocery shopping. We we have families. And so I think sometimes kids forget that because they see teachers as these like superheroes or these people who are just always on them. And so for me, it's about creating a really, really strong climate and culture and setting the tone for the year that I have incredibly high expectations academically and behaviorally. And those are non-negotiables in my classroom. And once we get that figured out, I can assure you, you are going to have insane amounts of fun. But first, I need you guys to be on board with these expectations. And so that's that's very much of a training process. And I, and I make it a fun process. But one of, I think, the biggest compliments that I hear is, Miss Jenta, you are so fun, but you are so hardcore. And I'm like, Oh, yes, that's perfect. That's what I was hoping for. So they understand that it is a real, real thing to have fun, but to also be held accountable. Absolutely. And one uh, one more strategy I want to talk about. I, I'd like you to explain a little bit. And this has to do with uh, advisement or what we may call homeroom, something that you've done that I would love to try. Um, but I'd like for you to explain it so I can kind of get up, get my mind around it. To build a sense of community, camaraderie is something you call Life Mile, which basically has mm-hmm. two things, uh, two materials, string and students. So that's right. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, you'll notice that many of my my innovative things are very simplistic. I I think that you can do a lot of really cool things with a lot of uh, small resources. So this one, all you need are kids and you need a string. And so this is something that I normally do around springtime because uh, this is when in PE, the dreaded mile comes up that every student is required to go out and run the mile. And uh, it is a very real thing for kids to have high levels of anxiety around this. And I get it. And I can relate to that because when I was in um, elementary school and even into middle school, I was I was not fit. I very much struggled with, with health and fitness. And so I remember having to run the mile multiple times in order to basically not fail it. And so one thing that I like to do with my advisory kids, who I see every single day for the first 30 minutes of their day, is I like to go out and do what I like to call a life mile. And it's basically a practice round for PE for them to run the official mile. So what I do is I cut a string just long enough so every single student in the class can hold on to it by one hand. And we basically form a line and we go outside and we run an entire mile as 25 students plus me connected to a string. 
We're not running as fast as we can and we're not walking. We are doing this as an advisory family. We are doing this uh, completely together the entire time, regardless of if you can run a five minute mile or need a 25 minute mile. We start together, we end together, and it creates huge amounts of camaraderie, huge amounts of trust. The motivation that kids use to get each other across that finish line is just simply beautiful. And it also builds their confidence. So when mile time comes around, they can say, I already did this. And what ends up happening is their peers from their advisory class end up running it together because they said, guys, we've already done this once. Let's do it again together during PE class. And it's this really, really, really cool way to show how strong of relationships can be built with your students come the spring. It's this Oh God, it's like, it's like totally warms my heart to think about the fact that these kids walked into my room as strangers on day one and about day 150, we're out there running a mile together with kids who, who really hate the concept of running in the first place, but we're doing with, with smiles on our faces and sweat dripping off our heads when we're done. Oh, that is that is just something. And let's uh, let's think about you know every teacher listening today, and, and maybe they're getting inspired by you, and and heading into work, and they're saying, "Hey, I'd like to get a little more whimsy, a little more adventure in my class. What are maybe just some baby steps tomorrow we could take?" Yeah. Um, so one thing that a lot of people have have said is, "Okay, I don't know if I'm ready to bring in a pitch pipe. I don't know if I'm ready to head outside with a bunch of kids and run a mile, but." What, what are some things that I can do? So I um, created a free ebook and it's got six simple ways to transform your classroom from average to awesome. And it's got directions and it's got resources and explanations on just six things to try and see how your students respond, see how they feel for you as an educator. And that's completely free. And there's, um, there's a link on my website to get that. And like I said, it has everything that you need to just start trying some of these things and see how kids respond and see like if it feels authentic to you as an educator, because that's, I think, so much the key is you got to do you in the classroom. I come in lighting things on fire and just a mile a minute and 100 percent energy. But that's that's me as a person. And so it works. So the cool thing about this free ebook is it it can totally uh work for any educator with any teaching style. But the thing that stays the same is you're going to transform education when you try these. And I love that. And when students leave your class today, uh, Ms. Genta, and they're in the hall and another one says, hey, what was it like in Ms. Genta's class? What are you hoping they're saying? Yeah, great question. Um, my number one thing is, yes, I teach science and I love it. But but the number one compliment that I just would love to hear is, Miss G is the best life teacher that I have ever had. Not science teacher or not like she's the craziest. Miss G is the best life teacher ever. Because I feel like when you've got a strong foundation in those life skills, every other subject matter is going to fall into place as it needs to. Well, you know, our time has gone so fast. I'm going to give you a couple. I've, take, I've, I've taken a bunch of notes. So I'm going I'm to okay. give a couple of my takeaways that are kind of big. And if you'll add a couple 
uh, because what I'm hearing is really very high expectations for your kids. Because sometimes we think this adventurous, fun class doesn't have high expectations. It's the opposite. We rigor is infused that way. So I'm hearing high expectations. I'm hearing I love that quack attack because those opening minutes are so important. And I'm also hearing a lot of novelty so that students adapt and change and they and their brains you know are are, are open and ready. But I also hear a lot of those wonderful soft skills about leadership and sense of community and team building and problem solving. What would you like to add to my list? I just want any educator or any parent or any student who's hearing this to know that like education deserves to be celebrated and you guys deserve to love every experience that's happening in a school. And it's just about making the active choice to find all those really awesome things because this is an amazing career. And any kid who's sitting in a classroom has this insanely cool opportunity to become a better student, but more importantly, to become a better person. I love that. So thank you so, so much for taking the time yeah. to join us today. It's been awesome and great. Um, and you know what? To every educator out there, thank you for just making futures possible for your kids, for opening doors, for your students every day. Join us again for conversations with other fabulous educational thinkers. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. We are so glad you joined us on this episode of My Ed Expert. For more resources on the ever-evolving realm of education, head on over to myedexpert.com and get inspired by all of our authors' work through downloads, strategies, and best practices. While you're there, hop on to get updates right to your inbox because you don't want to miss a thing right here on My Ed Expert.